0: choose to bow our knees to you, Father. You are worthy as the great king, Father, for us to worship you. And Father, if you're the great king, then you choose to to reign over our lives, Father. You choose to cause us to have blessings in our life. You are a good king, Father. A benevolent king, Father. Father, you choose to treat your people well with great blessings. Father, we thank you that one of the greatest blessings that you for us in this natural world is healing for our bodies so father we choose and have the privilege and the right to live in divine health so father we do we thank you for that and we give you the praise and the honor for it lord in jesus name amen Amen. well praise god is the lord good he's good all the time amen we thank him for his goodness mercy he just uh um He's worthy to be worshiped. Amen. Amen. And so um, let's see. Um, Happy New Year, right? Brand new year. Amen. So if you remember, we started the healing school on the first Sunday of 2015. So um, that means uh, that we've had six years. So this is our seventh year. Right. So we're uh, actually well, it's been seven years. So we're starting our eighth year today. Right. So we finished our seventh year. And uh, starting our eighth year uh, for healing school, So, um, and has it been a blessing to you? You know, it's been a blessing to me just to teach it. Amen. Uh, And so, and of course, we've had some good things to come out of it. We've got to look at a lot of good material. We've studied every healing uh, example in the Bible, right? We've looked at all the examples of Lord Jesus and all the way back from, um, of course, you all know this because you're in healing school, right? Who was the first one to uh, lay hands on somebody to get healed? our friend Abraham, right? And it seems fitting to me that uh, Abraham would be the first one to express faith in the area of healing uh, for us. And so um, we're children of Abraham, right? Uh, As uh, Christians, we're children of Abraham. So uh, we should follow in our father's footsteps. And and if he was laying hands on people, he laid hands on a king to get healed. Amen. Uh, And so uh, we have that uh, option to us as well, to lay hands on people and see them recover. Amen. Uh, And so... Uh, so we, we will continue on. We've been studying uh, Lillian B. Yeoman's book. Uh, we're in the, the second uh, kind of a sub book out of her main book there. Uh, and, um, uh, and this book really is focused on, she's selected several, uh, not all of the examples of healing, but several of the examples of healing. And she's kind of been going through uh, those particular examples and, and putting some commentary with that. And, um, you know, I wondered if it would be of value to uh, go through all the, all the 80, it's like 82 healing examples in the Bible and just and put some commentary on that and um, put a book together like that. Um, we'll see if, if we end up doing something like that, you know, but, uh, but all of them have. Uh, yeah, she got the highlighters right? She's ready to go, right? So, um, so uh, but I think that'd be good because really, you know, the air of healing because there's so much attacks of the enemy in the area of physical sickness and disease, right? Uh, sometimes it's local, sometimes it's worldwide, right? We've had this uh, insane COVID-19, you know, it's called 19 because it, it showed up in 2019. Well, here we are in 2022 and we're still dealing with it, right? Uh, and uh, it seems like it's it's trying to fizzle out, you know. I mean, I know that the, the current variant is, is very... Uh, contagious, but it's not been as as debilitating as some of the previous variants, as far as I understand it um, and i don't really keep up with that all that much but eventually it has to it has to wind down right because either everybody's going to get it and be uh, immune from it or get uh vaccines from it and be immune from it uh, and um uh you know it, it does tend to mutate like all things tend to mutate, uh, but um those mutations aren't always positive right sometimes they mutate and it becomes weaker than it was before so We'll believe, God, that it's going to fizzle out and and we move on from that. Uh, But there's always something going on. Amen. You know, how many diseases do you know of in your lifetime that would never around before your lifetime? Right. Uh, AIDS and all of the uh, all of the stuff with uh, with the covid stuff and the SARS. And, you know, um, I don't know if Ebola has been around before that, but, uh, you know, a lot of diseases uh, were discovered. In our lifetime and they weren't around before and and, uh, I don't know if you remember when the AIDS epidemic was first discovered back in the 80s I mean it was a death sentence and it was swift you know and people got AIDS and they died you know there was no there was no options and you know people said it was a it was a judgment from God and uh, uh, you know sin takes care of itself right it doesn't require God to intervene you know sin often sin and death always go together amen Uh, and uh, where the judgment of the Lord is is when he takes his hands off of people Uh, And then the enemy will come in and and destroy their lives. And so uh, it's, uh, uh, of course, uh, the book of Romans talks about some of those things as well. But um, uh, and we do know that some some uh, sickness is caused by sin. Right. Uh, But uh, did Jesus ever forgive people when they were in that situation? He did. And then he would heal them, wouldn't he? Right. Uh, It seems odd to me that God would put the sickness on them because of their sin. And then God would allow them to be forgiven for their sin, and then God would heal of them of the sickness that he just put on them. It just seemed real odd. Doesn't it seem odd to you that God would do that? You know, that's what crazy people do, right? Uh, they, they make you sick, and then they provide you the, the source to be healed. Uh, and so, but there's a lot of craziness like that in the church, you know, uh, that people say things like that. And I don't believe at all that God's ever, uh, I mean, I do, I do know that God judges people, right? And he still judges people, and, and um Oftentimes what uh, what he ends up doing is he will remove his hand from him from them. Uh, and if you look at even what Paul said in Galatians chapter two, where he says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. And what we find is that uh, uh, that men will frustrate, specifically Christians, will frustrate the grace of God. Uh, but then you find out, you know, other things. And and, you know, there are some things where we don't always understand all the ins and outs of it and how it happened and why it happened. Um, but, um, you know, God does judge and, and it's, it's better to stay in the grace of God instead of getting over into the mercy of God, which will tend to lead then towards the judgment of God. Uh, and so and that's another whole discussion right there. Right. But uh, uh, but, you know, uh, what I would encourage you to do your best. Right. Uh, do your very best to live by the faith. Do your very best to live according to the word of God and by the direction of the Holy Spirit. And you'll be OK. Amen. You know, uh, long after David passed, the Lord called him a man after God's own heart. And David was not perfect, right? And yet he always referred to David as a man after my own heart. Uh, You know, uh, now that doesn't excuse, that doesn't allow us and give us permission to then sin. But even with all of David's mistakes, he always strove to follow God and and he would repent. And and even in his latter days, you know, he started getting kind of crossways with the Lord and doing things that he ought not do. Um, but uh, the Lord rem- remembered him as being a man after his own heart, amen? Uh, and so strive to always pursue the Lord and his goodness, and, and you know, then you'll be okay, amen? amen. Uh, it's the people that, that get in trouble the most are ones who's always looking for a loophole from following the God's will, right? Well, I don't have to do that, you know, God will forgive me, you know? Well, he, he will, but you want to roll the dice, and, uh, you know, people all the time make the deals, well, I'm going to get saved, live how I want to, and right at my last breath I'll for- ask for forgiveness, Well, that's great, but uh, is your last breath today or tomorrow? You know, I mean, you're really going to think that you got 60 years of your life before your last breath occurs. Uh, If you live in sin for 60 years, you know, who knows? You want to roll the dice every day and see what happens. Uh, But people uh, and and to me, it's really foolishness to people think that way, because living inside the blessings of the Lord or the the will of God is where the greatest blessings occur. The greatest happiness, the greatest joy, the greatest prosperity, the greatest health. Why would you not want to pursue that? You know, people think that God offers nothing for them except eternal destiny in heaven and everything on this earth is all up to us and that there's no value in serving the Lord on this earth. Uh, and it's really short-sightedness and, and you know, um, it's, it's very immature to think that way uh, because people don't know the Lord like they ought to know Him. If they knew Him the way they should know Him or they could know Him, they would realize no matter what we do in this life, it's always best to follow God. It's best for us, uh, not just... That God won't judge us, but uh, it's not about just avoiding the, the judgment of God. It's about living in his blessings. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of people, that's all they think about is. I'm going to live my life to not get judged by the Lord in this life. Well, that's a really kind of a, a, a very low way to live. Amen. It's better to live. Lord, I'm going to live in the fullness of your blessing in this life, which will keep you out of the judgment of God, too, if, if you want to live that way. Uh, and to me it's just a better way to live. And really Christianity is just the best way to live overall, amen. Um, they're gonna avoid the the I always hear Now they're finally getting into grace. Yeah. And the and the thing about grace is, you know, like anything, grace can be abused like anything that I can live however I want to, right? And a lot of times people go from legalism to, to really excessive grace where they can, you know, over here they would not do anything out of fear of God, fear of judgment of God, and now they're over here that, oh, they can live however they want to because God is love. And you just go down the middle of the road and just, you know, uh, just do your very best, amen? Quit looking for a loophole and, and, um, and then, but, you know, it, I, uh, I really believe that the issue with legalism is that people just don't know the Lord personally. Because uh, if you really knew him personally, he's not a legalistic God at all, right? I mean, you look at all the things he did, you know, you know I mean, he wrote the Sabbath laws himself, right? Didn't he write the Sabbath laws? Keep the Sabbath. That's one of the ten, ten Commandments. And yet he violated Sabbath himself. And he said, well, you know, you know, the, the, the Sabbath isn't your Lord. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Yeah. And, you know, if, you, if you're hungry, just go get some corn. You know, no big deal, right? I mean, he wrote the law <laughs> and he violated the law, you know, in a sense, as far as the letter of the law goes. Uh, But he didn't violate the spirit of it because he wasn't trying to make money. You know, he wasn't trying to, you know, because men left to their own devices will work 24 hours a day all the time to earn more money because men can be greedy. Uh, And yet the Lord himself did things that would that. uh, In in fact, I think we're going to look at a case like that where they're always trying to find a way to accuse him of of doing things. And so I think the more that you get to know the Lord, the more free you are and not so legalistic. But you still have a healthy fear of the Lord, which you ought to have. Um, You don't want to intentionally do things to to uh, uh, frustrate his grace uh, to to require your forgiveness. But if you do, the the grace and forgiveness is there. Right. And so. But to me, it's the best way to live. Happiest, healthiest, most prosperous, uh, most overcoming, most victorious way to live following the Lord's will. I mean, why wouldn't you want that? You know, and I think the church has done a bad job of selling that. I mean, that's a good deal. Right. Have um, you ever had sales pitches to you? Oh, I've got a great deal for you. And you look like this. Uh, anybody ever been to a timeshare thing? You know, I think we're all required by law at least to go to one timeshare thing. <laughs> you go to the timeshare thing, and oh, it's a great deal. It's a great deal, you know? And of course, I'm an engineer. You know, I'm not an accountant, but I am an engineer. Uh, and I'm thinking, this is not you know, like a great deal to me. I'm looking, running numbers. Like, those numbers don't look very good to me. You know, oh, it's a great numbers. No, no. You know, so you want me to pay like $500 a month uh, uh, for this, for, and I can use this, you know, two weeks out of the year, but i got to pay $5 a month at a minimum, uh, and, and I could spend that same amount of money and, and stay at a five-star hotel and come out ahead and, and then I can go anywhere I want to. I don't have to just go to this one place. So tell me why this is a good deal. Oh, it's a good deal. But <laughs> You keep saying that, but you don't tell me why it's a good deal. It's a good deal because it's a good deal, you know, and and that's their pitch, right? Uh, and and <laughs> it's like, wow, you know, and, and nobody in here is locked into a timeshare, are they? <laughs> so. Uh, i don't care if you are none of my business what's that it's under the blood, under the blood right so uh you know it's uh, uh but we never did when we, but you know if you go to those timeshare, shows they, they give you free things right to give you a toaster or some tickets to somewhere you know and now the lord's prospering i don't need your tickets i will go buy my own tickets you know and and, and with the internet there's five thousand ways to get tickets now without having to go through the and they always say it's it's just a five minute presentation it's just a five minute presentation and they lie i mean they lie it's like it's five hours you know and they put the thumb screws on you you know and yeah, and um, uh, but uh, we never we never did uh, uh, fall for it. So anyway, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so uh, we had finished up chapter two there uh, about the, the, the Canaanite woman. And I don't think we did. We never did answer the questions for that, did we? Um, and so she if you remember, we studied the Canaanite woman there, you know, that uh, uh, her daughter was ill and demon possessed and she wanted uh She wanted healing for her daughter, right? Right, Matthew chapter 15, and so, and we looked at, we went to the kind of a long detail about why she was able to receive healing, even though she was not part of the covenant of Israel, right? Uh, And uh, but she was a Canaanite woman, and and so the first question was, what were the Canaanite people known for? What's that? Crimes tears and blood yes yeah, what i've got right there right a of the pages of history with crime tears and blood um and um that'd be a terrible thing to be known for right uh, unclean right yeah uh, heathenism uh you know that's just that covers everything heathenism you know uh, and a bunch of heathens and uh <laughs> and so uh so they were known to be terrible people and yet she came to the greatest king of the earth to the lord jesus to receive healing for her daughter Uh, knowing that in and of herself she was unworthy. So she knew, you reckon she knew the reputation of her own people? She did, right? Uh, And so how many times did Jesus resist her request? We're close, once, twice, what's the last one? Three different different times, right? So remember he ignored her, and then he said he's not sent there, and then he said that, uh, you know, I don't give the children food to the dogs, right? So those three different times he resisted her. And she hung in all the whole time, right? Uh, so we're like an auctioneer, right? Once, going once, going twice, three times. Was a t- so you think about that. You know, she had to uh, be resisted by Jesus for three times. Uh, and yet she stuck with it, right? I, I mean, I can't tell you how many people you say the least little thing and they get offended and walk off, you know, and like a bunch of babies and just, you know, and, and she wasn't taking no for an answer. She's just going to stick with it, right? You call me whatever you want to, you know? Uh, and, and she stood there the whole time. So... Uh, And what did Jesus call her? A dog. 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 And why was being called dog especially offensive to uh, people in that area, right? So the Oriental people, uh, from eastern lands, why was that such a bad thing? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, uh, the dogs were considered unclean and loathsome, right? Uh, And so uh, now, I mean, you know, in in America you call somebody dog. Oh, thanks, they are so cute. They're puppies, you know, and thank you for calling me a dog, you know. Uh, but over there, they're ter- terrible things, right? Uh, and so, but over here, you think, oh, is that a compliment? You, know, you, you must really like me, right? And so, uh, and what was the great compliment that Jesus gave to her? Great is thy faith. And only two people, he said, had great faith, you know, in the Gospels. And who were they? That's not in the questions here. That's just, uh, that's, what's that? The centurion, the centurion right? Uh, and, uh, and this woman of Canaan. Uh, neither one of them were Israelites. That's you think about that, the people that had uh, the covenant with God, the caretakers of the word of God for centuries, no one ever was said, was said to have great faith from that people, right? Uh, and then people, strangers, right? We, that's what we, we looked at the law. They're called strangers, foreigners, right? Strangers were the only ones who had great faith, according to the Lord Jesus. Uh, and that just tells you a lot about... Uh, Uh, a warning for us that we we don't need to get complacent in our lives you know uh, even even in the church right as a church as a whole sometimes we in the charismatic world think well we're the caretakers of faith you know we're the faith preachers right we preach all about faith and uh, and then you get some some baptist person that's got greater character than all the charismatic people in the world right Uh, and it puts puts all us to shame and uh, and 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 then you get you know someone who's never even heard of healing walks in and gets off a deathbed and uh, and how is that fair that, you know, the Pentecostal people have been trying to get healing for 20 years and somebody don't know nothing walks in and gets healed immediately. Right. Uh, that just seems unfair. Well, it, it's it goes back to the whole thing of the whole history of the charismatic and Pentecostal church is we, we, we so often get sidetracked into legalism and, and things that are that are un, uh, un invaluable. Right. Things that are not valuable to the move of God. Yeah, and the Pentecostal church nearly uh, wiped out the move of God by measuring your skirt and measuring your hair and counting how many things are jewelry. I mean, I look around here, all the sinners we've got right now, you know, all these women wearing jewelry, right? <laughs> women wearing makeup, you know, a bunch of sinners you are. Uh, and probably, I bet some of you got uh, maybe an open-toed shoes. Of course, it's wintertime there, but, you know, a bunch of heathen, right? Uh, but we got, we got you know, sidetracked in all that mess, right? Doesn't amount to a hill of beans, you know, about anything. Uh, instead of advancing faith and increasing in faith and growing in faith when the move of God wasn't there, which we should have done, because we, we knew about faith, we knew about healing. All we had to do was find the word of God and grow in that more and more every year. But instead, we got sidetracked on just foolishness and things and wasted uh, decades of, of time that we could have been advancing the cause of faith. And then you get these people that walk in, you know, have been to a denominational church for 50 years, never heard a thing about healing, and walk in and get healed. Oh, wow, God heals? Yeah, I'll take some of that. Uh, and they believe it, you know, and so so uh, we it's a warning to uh, the people. You know, we're not really caretakers of the faith because the faith was given to the whole church. But we have kept that alive as far as believing in healing. But even a lot of Pentecostals, if you talk to them about healing, they're like, well, you know, they're still Lord, if, it, if it's your will. I know you can, but I'm not sure you will, which is at least a little step ahead for some people. You know, some people don't believe that God will at all, you know. Uh, uh, at least some of the Pentecostal church believe that God can, but they're not really sure that he will. And so their, their level of faith is kind of stagnant, right? It's, day, it's been at a certain level and really has an increase like it could have and should have. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, and even, uh, um, you know, the, the statement that we've always made is that it's God's will every single time without exception to heal your body. And that's a true statement. It is verified in the word of God time and time again, over and over again. Every single example we see with Jesus proves that statement to be so. Every example we see in the book of Acts proves that example to be so, that statement to be so. And yet to tell that to some of the Pentecostals, they look at you like, what, what do you mean? That, that can't be so right. Do you really believe that? Uh, and um, I've had Pentecostal people ask me that. You really believe that? Well, yeah. What do you believe? You know, well, I, you know, I don't believe that. And so uh, it's a shame, right? No different, though, than, than, the, than the, uh, the, the whole nation of Israel. Amen. They, they were there when Jesus showed up. They should have all been cheering, excited. All the leadership should have been cheering. Oh, he, this is the Messiah. It's all, they, they knew the word of God. They should have been welcoming him. And, and, you know, they all invited him to their houses because he was the one who could draw thousands of people. So they didn't want him for his miracles. They wanted him for, for, for their Social status, right? Hey, I invited Jesus to my house. They could care less about his healings. They were just concerned that uh, knowing that uh, he could draw thousands of people, they were wanting to get involved in that and be seen as, as important people and more concerned about their status in society than they were about their status in their covenant relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And it's just amazing, you know. I mean, uh, and of course, after he died, then, then they had to double up, right? Well, we've got we to gotta squash this, right? Even though all the early evangelists were, were the apostles and Jewish, right? All, all of the church started from the Jewish nation and spread from there. And for, but even for decades, it was, it was primarily uh, promoted by the Jewish people. Not the leadership, but by the Jewish people, right? Paul, all the apostles were Jewish. Uh, and, um, and it's really, you think about it, uh, you know, they had tens of thousands of people. That one, one number I saw estimated was 80,000 people at a church in Jerusalem. 80,000 people. That's a lot of people, right? And in, in a church. Even today, that'd be a very large church, right? That's, there's no church in America that big. Uh, and and um, uh, I mean, the only one I know is, is Dr. Cho's church in, in Seoul, South Korea. Uh, they had like a million uh, members in that church. Uh, and I don't know of any other church even close to that, but uh, there may be some. I'm not aware of them. Uh, but but still, uh, as a whole, as a leadership of Israel, still denied the Lord Jesus. Not because they didn't believe in him, not because they didn't see him, but because they said with their own mouth, if we allow this to continue, the Romans are going to come and take our position away from us. So again, they weren't concerned about uh, whether or not he fulfilled the law of, of uh, the prophecies of the Messiah. They liked their position. They liked being in good with the Roman, with the Roman government. They liked being good uh, in, in getting invited to all the important parties. Uh, And you think about, they exchanged that for uh, the Messiah. So they were all Esau, right? They exchanged their birthright, because it was their birthright to advance the kingdom of heaven, to advance the gospel, to bring the the Jewish nation into the fullness of the gospel. That was their birthright. And they they changed it. uh, And I think that uh, being good with the Roman government and going and getting invited to all the parties is about equivalent to having a bowl of porridge, right? Mm -hmm. Because a bowl of porridge, you know, uh, that doesn't even sound good. The word porridge does not sound... I don't even know what porridge is, but uh, it, whatever it is, it doesn't sound good, right? Not good enough to, to exchange your entire birthright for it, and yet they did, amen? And the Pentecostal Charismatic Church, we're no different if you are not careful. You know, uh, people outside of the, quote, faith movement will come in and just swoop in and just take all the faith, right? Uh, uh, but um, uh, uh, they'll have to get through folks like me, though, before they do that, amen? Uh, I'm going to be advancing my faith all the days of my life, Amen. And to the best of my ability, just stay ahead of the curve. And so, so the woman, it was, great is thy faith. That was a great compliment, wasn't it? Amen. Mm-hmm. And then we had two bonus questions, not part in the book, but we did cover this in the class. According to uh, Luke 11, uh, what, what word describes the woman's attitude? Uh, yep. Yeah. Well, anybody else? Persistent. Persistence. Uh, what's the King James word? Anybody know? $64 word, uh, importunity, right? Uh, that was the $64 word from Luke chapter 11, which means shameless persistence, right? And that's the, that's the attitude of the, that the woman, the Canaanite woman had, right? Uh, and then the, the second bonus question was, what Old Testament verses uh, gave Jesus the right to move on her behalf since she was not a Jew? Because you remember he, when he told her, one of the things he said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, I'm not uh, I'm not qualified to help you I'm, right now at this point in time. After the cross, sure, right, going to all the world. But before the cross, he's only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So, why was he even to help her? Did he violate the law? Did he make a special case for her, special exception for her? No. What what did he do? What what the what law did he did he rely upon to allow him to minister to this woman? Which was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And there's one from the Book of Numbers too, right? 15, numbers 15, 14 through sixteen, In yeah. Exodus twelve, right? So there's actually several verses in the Old Testament that gives Jesus the foundation to allow him to help people, and so what? What? And he did. He re, he relied upon that same rule, same law, when he helped the the centurion, right? He had to find their faith. He had to see, do you have faith? Do you believe in the Jehovah God? And if you do, you're in, right? But, if, but until that point in time, I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm not able to help you. Uh, and so they were able to, he was able to use that loophole that he, he put in there, right? He's the one who, who inspired Moses to write it. Uh, and so he put that loophole on there. Hey, I got a loophole right there for you, right? And of course, uh, the Jews completely missed it, right? They just whoosh, right over their heads, right? Uh, because all of those laws were there to allow the, the strangers to come in and be part of the covenant of Israel. Because the law says if they come in and accept Jehovah, then that's the same law. Not a different. They're not second class citizens, first class citizens. And yet, most Jews, even today, very, uh, uh, very uh, close minded, right? Very closed society. Not open society, you know, where they want, we want other people to come in. They're very closed, right? Unless you got the lineage, unless you can look at your physical birthright and go back to Abraham, go back to Noah, go back to Adam. Of course, we all go back to Adam, right? Uh, and we all, in fact, go back to Noah, too, right? Uh, but we don't all go back to Abraham. Uh, and so unless you can trace your lineage back to Abraham, you're not really qualified or allowed to be a member of the Jewish nation. But that's not the way the law. Their, their own law doesn't read that way. Their law says you can be a Jew, same law as everybody else. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so... Most yeah. 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 of the Jews be, that we yeah. the So they're not even Really? No, yeah. And, and I've a huge fight with the girl. <laughs> I find that hard to believe, Sue. <laughs> she knew she was Ashkenazi but she yeah. didn't know what it meant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In fact, you're more Jewish because you accept the Messiah because he was prophesied and you accept the prophecies or so right. Uh, and so and I don't know how any any Jewish person of any of any uh, intellectual honesty could not line up all the prophecies of, of the Messiah and the life of Jesus and not come to the conclusion that, well, clearly he's the Messiah. Right. I mean, you got all the prophecies born in Bethlehem, city of David, you know. Uh, a virgin, right? I mean, Isaiah prophesies he'll be a virgin. Uh, I mean, all these things point to, and, and uh, even natural history points to, shows that there was a person by the name of Jesus that was around that time that did spectacular signs and wonders. Uh, and, um, and yet they, uh, because the risk is too great. You know, it, it, it's, it's uh, some people get in their, into their lives to where their lives are so uh, predetermined by their tradition and their history that breaking out of that is nearly impossible right uh, cuz some people you know they go to you know for example a denominational church even say something like a roman catholic church it has got very high levels of of traditions and you know the all the little things they do and, and um, you know how they take communion and and you get that person and if they get some light about hey i don't have to do all those those legalistic things a lot of them it'd be so hard for them to leave that Mm. now they're still a christian right they could leave that and be if they were a christian before they could still be a christian after that but to leave that be so hard for them to do that amen Mm. Uh, and and so that doesn't mean you have to give out all give up give up all those traditions uh, but you should add faith but see they see it as if i add faith i'm going to lose all that stuff well you don't have to necessarily lose all that stuff right Um, in fact, we had uh, one lady asked us why we don't say the uh, the doxology and the benediction. uh, And um, we we just don't. I mean, there's no no reason why we don't do it. No reason why we do it. Do it. But is there anything the Bible says you got to do it? I mean, there's nothing the Bible says you got to do it. Now, I got no problem with doing it. I don't really know what that means. But, you know, (laughs) I know there's a benediction. There's, you know, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. and, uh, and, um, And a lot of churches still do that. Um, but see for some people they couldn't give that up so they have to stay where they're at right uh, and so I mean I had one person tell, tell me uh, they go to the church the first, uh, first church of doubt and unbelief uh, And you know it's one thing going to a church that's just kind of neutral doesn't really teach you know about healing or you know but it's another thing to get up and say healing's of the devil and tongues of the devil and God doesn't do miracles and God doesn't heal you and, and you know if you blink twice you're going to die and go to hell I mean To me, that's pretty tough to go to a church where it's actively preaching against what the word says. You know, One thing, ignoring things that you don't know about and and not comfortable with. A whole different thing to say you know and you really don't. Uh, And uh, and then they get some light, but they couldn't leave that uh, because of their traditions. Well, if I go, the church says, if I leave this physical building, I'm going to die and go to hell. And, And so they don't leave because although they got more light, they're still afraid that if they leave that, that door over there, they're going to die and go to hell because they don't go to that physical building. And it's like, well, you know, it's not. Does a physical building save you? Did that physical building die for you or shed any blood for you? But if you don't go to that building with that name on it, you will die and go to hell, which is just, I mean, that's really, you know, people, intelligent people say things like that, right? Intelligent people that, that have college degrees say things like that. You know, and it's just like, that's amazing to me that a, a, an intelligent human being with all the information we have about the word could say those words. Right. If you don't go to this building with that with that name on it, then then you will die and go to hell. But they won't leave. Uh, what's that? <laughs> it, 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 it It's uh, oh, I know. I know it, it's. Uh, and you could show where the word doesn't say that, you know, they pull out one little scripture uh you know, and we won't go into those scriptures because then, then we have to start naming names, right? Uh, even though I know you all probably know who I'm talking about, but I'm not trying to talk about them. I'm just saying the whole point of it is sometimes just like the Jews were so stuck in their relationship with the Roman government, they were afraid to, to, to add faith to their life. Uh, and because of that, you had these Syrophoenician people coming in, these Canaanites coming in. I mean, the Canaanites, Syrophoenician people, the same group, but the, the centurions coming in and just passing you right by pass you right by. So I ain't letting nobody pass me by. I'm going to pursue faith and stay ahead of the curve all the days of my life. Amen. Uh, and so so I thought that was a that was a great study there because there's a, there's a lot packed in that. You know, you have to dig a little to get all that information. But it, it's a good it's really a, a good and a great study, I think. So so then she comes to uh, chapter three and she starts talking about the man with a withered hand. So let's turn over to John chapter six and we'll read the foundation here of, of that study there. And so we get to John chapter six, and let's start in verse uh, twenty-eight. Um, let's see, um, is this uh, is this where we want to go? Um, oh yeah. So okay, well she's got some preliminary stuff here uh, that she wanted to go through before we get to the man with the withered hand. So uh, so Jesus is talking here. In John chapter 6, and it's a great statement. They said unto him, what shall we do? In verse 28, they said unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus said unto them, this is the work of God. So you should be right on the edge of your seat when he said, this is the work of God. What is it? You know, like raising the dead or or, um, feeding a bunch of people or, you know, uh, making a bunch of clothes for people. You know, what's the work of God? He said, Jesus said, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. That's the work of God. You know, in the church, we love the work of God of, well, I've gone on a mission trips, you know, and we feed the poor and we have a, you know, we have a, a monthly, uh, we cook a meal here at the church every month and, and we, we have homeless programs and we have uh, uh, add addiction programs and all that's the work of God. not what Jesus said. Jesus said the work of God is to do what? believe, isn't it? So everything else flows from this, right? Everything else flows from this. This is the first work of God, is to believe him, believe on him, right? In fact, believe on him, so believe on Jesus, whom he has sent. Everything else should stem from that, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with all those other programs, right? We're not saying you shouldn't do those things, but you say, what's the work of God? Uh, You know, in fact, I I was uh, watching one fellow, I think I mentioned this not long ago, he was talking about how uh, people saying the church is worthless, no good. The church does a lot of good things. And he li- listed off all those things, you know, that they see a church should be doing all those things. But that's not the first thing a church should be doing. The first thing a church should be doing is believing on him whom he has sent. That's the first work of God, right? That's, the, uh, that's what the Messiah said is the work of God, to believe on him. Yes. Uh, and so faith is the, is the beginning of all things, amen? It shouldn't be the beginning of all things. And yet there are people in a church who say that, that you're one of those faith people, You ever hear stuff like that, you know, say it in such a way to be condescending? Oh, you're one of those faith people. I'm looking, well, you're not. I mean, for by grace are you what? Through faith, right? By by grace are you saved through faith. So if you're not a faith person, then well, you're going to die and go to hell because there's no way to get to heaven except by faith. Amen? Uh, And really, uh, how many things do you receive actively from the Lord without faith? Nothing in particular, right? I mean, he may throw a, a, a freebie on you every now and then through his sovereign will and desire, but for the most part, everything you receive from the Lord will be done by faith. And so can you teach too much about faith? I don't think you can teach too much about faith because Jesus said the work of the Lord is to believe on him. So not praying for the sick, not casting out devils, right? Uh, the, the work of God is believing. Uh, and so then we can turn, turn over to uh, James chapter 2 there. And, um, and we may take a little side journey there. Go along with that. So, James chapter 2, let's see, we can start in verse. uh, um, Well, let's just start in verse 14. It says, What doth it profit, my brethren, that a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Uh, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace. Be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which he needeth of his body. What doth it profit? Even so, faith, if, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone or being by itself. So, uh, this verse here, in fact, uh, uh, just hold your place there in, in James chapter 2 and turn over to Romans chapter 4 because we need to contrast this. Uh, because what happens is people will take James chapter 2 out of context and then they'll turn all of the church into the Rotary Club, right? Uh, and so, so he said here um, in um, uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 1, it says, What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh hath found? For, for Abraham were justified by works, he, where, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. So was Abraham justified by works? No. Uh, and so what, he, what he's saying here is, is if he was justified by works, then he could brag about it. Look, I, did so, I was the best, I was the fastest, I was the strongest, I was the smartest, I could quote the most scripture. I got it by my own good works. And, and uh, a lot of people love to, to try to justify, be justified by works. I've prayed the most, I've, I've, you know, I've visited the most people, I've you know, witnessed the most, I've read the most Bible. Um, and so therefore I'm justified, I'm declared free from guilt. And yet the Bible says that, that Abraham was not justified by faith. Because it says, uh, but he would have where he would have where of the glory, but not before God. You ever, I like that part of the verse, because a lot of people like to glory about their good works. But is God impressed with their good works? No, not before God. Right. You can glory. You can glory before men. A lot of a lot of men glory before men. Look what I've done. Look how important I am. But not before God. God's like, that's all you got. I mean, you've got a, a big house. Have you seen my house? It's a little bigger than your house. Uh, and uh, uh, what, what is that concrete in your driveway? Man, I got streets of gold, you know. Uh, we want to compare, you know, we want to uh, we want to compete with God. So you can glory, but not before God, right? So, would he, so what did he say? For, so for what saith the scripture, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So how did uh, Abraham get justified? Really? By believing God, right? So... So if you're not careful, you'll think that James and and Paul are in conflict, right? But if you go back now to James chapter 2, he said, faith faith without works is dead, back in verse 17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. So uh, verse 17 starts with the point of you have faith, right? So if you had faith, then you're already like Abraham. You're already justified. Amen. So uh, what he's saying here is these other things are important. Are they important? Is it okay to, to feed the sick and, or feed the, the hungry and clothe the naked? Sure. And what he's saying is that, you know, a lot of Christians won't help anybody. Right. Uh, and what's the point of having all these blessings if you can't help anybody? Uh, we should be helping people. And helping people in the natural is, is perfectly fine to do. Right. It's not the highest priority, I don't believe. You know, it's just helping them naturally, but it's an okay thing to do, right? So, so if you've got faith, then there should be a, a, a fruit of that faith. And part of the fruit of that faith is you help other people. Uh, and so in this case, he's, he's saying that, um, uh, that faith will come first, which is should, right? And of course, if faith comes first, then you're already justified with the Lord. Uh, and, but he said, faith without works is dead. And that's really the, the, the this verse is really the key, because real faith always produces things. It produces it produces works. It produces healings. It produces blessings. Real faith always causes something to change. Right. And he's saying that that faith, if it doesn't have any works, if there's no fruit of that, if there's no evidence that, that you have faith, then you really don't have faith. And that's that's pretty a valid statement to make. Right. A lot of people that have faith. Well, do you go to church? No. Do you help anybody? No. Do you, are you prosperous? No. Are you healed? No. Are you sick all the time? Yes. Okay. So what's the, can you, how can you prove to me that you have faith? Oh, I have faith. Well, when was the last person that you helped? Who was the last person that you helped? Well, I, I can't help anybody, right? Uh, and so, so he said faith, so faith should produce the works is what he's saying. Because that's what he says in verse 18. Yea, if man has said, uh, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So again, faith comes first, the works come second, right? So a lot of people get that backwards. They think, if I do enough things, uh, I will have faith. Well, you don't obtain faith by doing things, right? Faith is what drives you to do things, right? Faith is what drives you to help and to be a blessing to people around you. But a lot of times, we, uh, we've taken it the other way around. Verse 17 says, even uh, faith without works is dead. But the other way is true, too. Works without faith is dead, right? A lot of times in a church, we think that works without faith is sufficient. If I just do enough things, if, I, if I'm nice enough to enough people, I'll get into heaven. But works without faith is just as dead as faith without works. Amen? Uh, and so... Yeah, he, and he continues on there in verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Well, is there any is there any uh, fruit of their faith? I mean, they don't really believe because they know, right? I mean, they, they, they can see in the realm of the spirit. They are in the realm of the spirit. So they kind of know. So they don't have the same kind of faith we have. We have faith that's faith without seeing. They, they believe in, uh, that there is one God because they know there's one God. Uh, and so, uh, and he continues on. Just kind of hammering the, the 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 point there, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that, that that faith without works is dead? So he's just repeating again what he said in verse 17, and then he says, and "This is where the confusion comes in." Was was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar, uh, seeing that seeing thou how faith wrought with his works, and that by works was faith made perfect? So. Again, uh, verse 22, if you, if you read verse 21 out of context without verse 22, then you think it's saying something that's not saying. But he said that uh, seeing in verse 22 how faith wrought or operated with his works. So what came first with Abraham? Faith came first. Did Abraham have faith prior to taking Isaac up on the mountain? Mm-hmm. He did, right? So faith came first. Faith was not a product of works. Faith is what produces the works. Uh, and that the church has a hard time with that, right the church loves to become legalistic, and if I go to church i get to, I get to go to heaven. Does anybody get to go to heaven because they sit in a chair no there's no there's no heaven uh no people bound for heaven because they sit in a chair. What if I sign the sheet? I sign the sheet right Does that get you to heaven? You get to heaven, Jesus, look at my sheet <laughs> well what's that got to do with anything right did he Did he die for that sheet of paper i don't think so right so uh, faith wrought or faith uh, w- operated with his works and by works was faith made complete. In other words, um, th- that uh, faith that has to have some fruit, right? And it's just showing that the complete package of faith is faith and works, th- th- things that you do, but always first thing is faith, right? Uh, and so, uh, and, and, that, and that should help us, Get out of some of our legalism because, again, we, we we're comfortable in a church many times that if I just do all the things that the church tells me to do, I'm fine, right? Well, that's just pure legalism, amen? Uh, nobody earns their way to heaven. Well, if you're just good enough, you know, the, the, the people that we mentioned earlier, they really believe, they honestly believe that once they get saved, they never commit another sin the rest of their life because they believe if you commit one sin, you're going to die and go to hell. And you're telling me you've never committed a sin, No. It's like when someone said, I think we mentioned just recently, the thing I'm most proud of is my humility, right? Uh, isn't that kind of a sin right there, right? Uh, you know, that uh, uh, I'm so proud of my humility. Uh, and, and that's kind of what they're saying, right? The, uh, the thing I'm most proud of is that I've never sinned. Uh, and it's like, really, you've never? I mean, we're, we try to, don't we try to minimize it? You should try to minimize it. But to say you've gone for 50 years and never sinned one time, I mean, that's really amazing, right? Right. Because they really believe if you, I mean, the, the example they gave me is if you're driving down the road, you see a, a woman in a bikini, you lust after her and hit a tree and die, you go to hell. You guys really spend a lot of time thinking about that particular scenario, right? Why that particular scenario, right? I mean, was it a one-piece bikini or I guess bikinis are always 2 big. I don't know. You know, what color was it? I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, why that scenario, right? Why not shoplifting or, you know, cheating on your, I mean, I don't know, right? Uh, and then didn't even do anything with her. They just saw her and then hit a tree and die and went to hell. I mean, that. Man, that's tough right there, you know. I'm not looking to drive down the road and looking for women in bikinis or anything, but it just, I mean, it just seemed like a very specific, you know, scenario, right? I, don't, you know, I mean, is that in your bylaws or something? I don't know, but, um, uh, and so, but what comes first uh, with uh, James, when he's writing, what comes first? Faith. faith comes first, works come second. Works are the fruit or the product of faith. And he says that you need these things together, right? You need to, uh, because you can have, say you have faith, well, I got faith, you know, It's just like with uh, being born again, right? The Bible says that, uh, in fact, uh, we went to Romans 4. Go back to Romans uh, chapter uh, 10 because it really goes along with uh, James chapter 2 there. So in Romans chapter 10, I know we're a little bit on a rabbit path here, but sometimes we like rabbit paths. So in Romans chapter 10, it says in verse 9, um, well, I'm in 1 Corinthians. like Why does none of this look right? Get used to what your Bible looks like, right? So it says, uh, Romans chapter 10 verse nine says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe that God in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth in the righteous and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation." So verse 10 says, uh, you've got two things to do, right? Verse nine says you've got two things to do as well. What are the two things? Believe and confess, right? Well, that's exactly what James is saying, that faith without works is dead. So faith comes first. You believe in that God raised Jesus from the dead, and then you do what? Confess him as your Lord. So that's the product of your believing is it produces the works of confession. And that is when the full, complete package of salvation occurs, not just the believing part, right? Well, I believe in Jesus. Fine. You're still not going to make it to heaven. Have you confessed him as your Lord? Have you chosen to yield now to him as your Lord and Savior all the days of your life? See a lot of people believe in God, but He said in, in James chapter two that that's fine. Devils also believe, so I, I believe in Jesus. Well, you're right up there with the devil. You know, uh, you haven't made it, you got to make it at least past what a devil does, right? A devil can believe in, believe that God is the one true God. That's great. Not enough to get you to heaven, right? You got to believe and what? Confess. Confess. We well, see. Uh, we were talking about that on a Wednesday night. Uh, were you here on that Wednesday night? We had a, a visitor. And we said, does you only got to do two things, right? According to the book, the book of Romans, two things. Believe and confess. Believe and confess, right? Uh, and, and, and the visitor, uh, you know, I'd encourage you, if you go visit a church, don't start correcting the pastor the first service. Wait at least a service or two, right? He said, well, you know, you got to do three things too. To do what he says. Well, if you go back to Romans chapter 10, does it say that if thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart and do everything he says from now on that you'll be saved? Does it say that? It doesn't say that. It says those two things, right? So to, to add to that, then you're changing what the word says, right? Uh, and, and I'm kind of like the word because to me, if, if the Lord wanted to add, could he have added that? He could have said, and, you know, unless you do. Now, see, that's the, that goes back to the one church. They added that third thing, because they said if you don't do everything the Lord says, which is don't, don't walk in lust to women in bikinis on the, on the road. And why is she in a bikini on the road anyway? Why is she in a pool somewhere? I mean, it's just kind of weird, you know. I mean, why, why, is, why is she out there to begin with, right? Maybe someone needs to get her a blanket or something. But anyway, you know, <clears throat> but see, they added that. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and don't lust over, over women. Because if you lust over women in bikinis on the road to work, you're going to not go to heaven. Well, didn't they add that? They added that, right? Because if you happen to believe in, uh, in lust after a woman, can't you ask for forgiveness? Now, I encourage you don't be doing that, but still, you know. Uh, but that, uh, see, we've got to go back to what the, what the, what the, what the word says, right? So, so James says that when you have faith and works are a product of that faith, then it's complete. You know, that's the full package. That's what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, right? That's what Abraham did. You see, he believed God, and he did, and, and and he did the works that faith produced, right? Which is to go and offer Isaac there. So, so I wanted to make sure that you saw the contrast, because a lot of people think James and, and Paul are in conflict, and they tend to lean towards you know legalistic people always lean towards towards James, and, and you know liberal uh, liberal people always lean towards Paul and Romans, and say I'm free, you know, I just have to go, I got to believe, I got to do nothing else. But they're together, right? They're, they're, it's the exact same thing, just said in two different ways, right? There's no conflict there at all. Uh, and so, so uh, uh, faith without works is dead. Uh, now, again, in the, in, even in a Pentecostal world, we'll take that to a legalistic uh, extreme and say the work that you've got to do if you're in faith is to get rid of your medication. Well, who made you the, the, the rule maker? Yeah. Right? Is that, does, does the Bible say that? That the only way that you can have faith is to do it this way, is to get rid of your medication, right? Uh, go walk out in a, in, a, in a busy highway. It's faith, right? Uh, that's called presumption, right? I mean, didn't the devil try to tempt Jesus in that? Throw yourself over the cliff. You know, an, the Bible says angels will, 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 um, will take care of you, right? And bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And, and, and Jesus said, uh, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Because that's what people do a lot of times in faith. They call it faith, but they're really tempting the Lord. They're, they're trying to get the Lord to do something that, that is not necessary, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're trying to tempt them into doing that. Well, Lord, you, you've got to take care of me. The Lord would be like, see you in heaven. See you here in just a few minutes, right? Because you're <laughs> going to walk on the street. See you in a, you know, a couple minutes there, right? Uh, I'm not obligated to do that. And if the Lord said to go do that, you know, you go over there and help that person, but you've got to cross that highway right there. Well, then you could cross it in faith, right? But that's the same foolishness people, where, you know, take up deadly snakes, right? Mm-hmm. And, there's, you know, they're still... Uh, of course, uh, one fellow, uh, he's one of those folks who just, who just a brawler, right? You know, oh, you're, you're part of those, there's, you're part of that church, right? You could always hear that little attitude they have, you know? And he said, so do you all handle snakes? I said, no, but I'm talking to one right now, you know? Uh, and um, I didn't really say that, but uh, that would have been a good comeback, right? That would have been pretty funny right there, Right. I'll have to remember that next time someone like that asks me a foolish question like that. Uh, but see, uh, we, we got off into that foolishness, right? I'm going to go handle the snake. Well, that's, that's exactly the temptation the devil tried to get Jesus to do. Jump off because doesn't the Bible say that he'll give, he's given his angels charge over us, right? To keep us in all of our ways lest we dash our foot against a stone? It does say that, right? But does that mean I've got to go looking for stones? Well, Lord, there's a stone. I'm going to I'm going to rear back and, and swing my foot at it. And you got to you got to keep me from dashing my foot. The Lord said, you know, see it at the hospital, right? I mean, it's just because uh, it ain't going to happen. Right. But if the Lord says, didn't didn't he tell Moses to go strike the rock? He told Moses to go strike. So what happens when he strikes you? Then the Lord provides. Right. But the second time, what did, Mo- what did the Lord tell Moses to do? Speak to, it. Speak to the rock. Right. What did Moses do anyway? He struck the rock, cost him his his whole future. Right. Uh, and so, uh, so faith and works go together, but works without faith doesn't go together, and faith without works doesn't, doesn't you know, there's nothing there. So uh, your life should be, if you're a, life of a person of faith, it will produce works, right? Now, what those works are are between you and the Lord. Don't let people dictate to you what your faith should look like, right? Now, there, if the word is specific, like believe and confess, well, then that's what you got to do, right? But uh, as far as you obtaining your healing... How does your faith, how should your faith work? However the Lord instructs you for it to work, right? If, you're, if your faith is, I'm going to the doctor faith, then go to the doctor faith, right? Do it in faith. If you're, if, if you're going to go to the doctor, go in faith, right? Uh, now, is there better? There, there is better because doctors are expensive. You got to waste all your time. You go to an 11 o'clock, uh, you know, uh, appointment and they show up at 1230, right? And like, well, you know, my, my time is just as important as your time. I, you know, I, maybe you don't think it is, but it is, right? And I know they're busy sometimes, but, you know, I think sometimes they're playing solitaire in the back, back there somewhere, yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know, but but you know, uh, how your faith is expressed, many times should be between you and the Lord. Don't let people uh, of legalistic faith dictate to you what your faith should look like. Well, if you're a faith, you should just do that, right? It's like, well, really? The, uh, who, who died and made you God, right? Um, uh, you can pray and and of course, you know, sometimes a lot of times people's faith is only Lord, give the doctors wisdom. And, you know, uh, that's great. Uh, but, you know, there's more there's more faith available. Right. You can pray where, where the doctors don't even need to exercise any wisdom because you're healed. Amen. Mm-hmm. So but if you're there, at least pursue to go beyond that. Amen. Recognize if that's where you're at. If you're a doctor of faith then praise God, be a doctor of faith, but always desire to, Lord, I'm going to grow. I'm going to get through this and I'm going to grow and have greater faith, right? Uh, and so, uh, so she said that uh, faith must be worked. Uh, it can't be idle and still be received. Uh, and, and she said, and I, don't, I don't really don't know. <laughs> I mean, I kind of understand what she's saying, but uh, I thought it's a funny saying. She said, you can't get to heaven in a rocking chair. Uh, and you see that uh, phrase, you can't get to uh, uh, be an idol, right? Uh, yeah, I guess it was, she said, the Lord... Uh, and she said, "The Lord won't have no lazy folks there." Uh, that's what that, that's too, that's a quote. You know, I don't know if she's from Tennessee. That sounds like Tennessee right there, right? Lord won't have no lazy folks there. You know, uh, and so uh, so I don't really know. I mean, I think what she I, I think I understand the gist of it, but but uh, I don't know if I'm sure that's sure that that's the best analogy in the world. But because uh, I like rocking chairs, I mean, you know, I, uh, go to go to uh, Cracker Barrel, sit on a rocking chair, you know, look at all the people fussing and fighting in the parking lot there, and uh, and so. Um, but faith, real faith will produce works in your life right? it'll produce works of healing it'll produce works of helping people James, the whole context of James is helping people but other parts of the scripture talks about faith uh, not just helping people in the natural world but helping people uh, not with just food and clothes but helping people with healing helping people with deliverance right? helping people with, with uh, uh, salvation so there's a lot of aspects of faith that we can produce in people's lives, not just in the natural world, right, uh, and so don't limit it, amen. Don't be legalistic. Uh, uh, oftentimes, we, we try to replace uh, faith with works. That that if I have works, then that's sufficient. But always start with faith first, and let the faith produce the works, and then you'll be okay, right? Uh, and then um, so then she, she uh, switched gears, started talking about Isaac, and we'll we'll finish up there. We'll we'll pick that up next week. But um, uh, happy twenty twenty two, right? Good to start living uh, in divine health. Amen. We can live in divine health, be free from all sickness and disease and aches and pains. uh, And it's a choice, right? Uh, We get to choose to live that way. It was a a great price was paid for us to live that way. Amen. Jesus uh, paid a great price, suffered in in a great amount, uh, more than we'll ever imagine. Right. Um, I I mean, I've never I know a lot of people have seen that movie, uh, The Passion of the Christ. Uh, and a lot, there's a lot of this, the uh, uh, suffering that Jesus went through that's shown in that movie, and I doubt that the movie was, was even uh, close to what it was really because if you think about uh, what was really happening with the Lord Jesus when he was on the earth, and they finally got him, right? They've been trying to get him for years, right? They finally got him, uh, and then, of course, the Roman s- soldiers started beating him, but who, who were they being motivated by? The devil, how mad was the devil at Jesus? When you think about the, the centuries, and I mean, who knows, we don't know how long he was thrown out of heaven, but it was before Adam was here. Uh, and, and he was dethroned, right? In fact, the Bible calls him dethroned powers. So he, he had a throne, right? He's one of the few, uh, uh, in fact, uh, as far as I know, he's the only angel that has a throne other than the Lord God himself. He's the only angel I know that's called the anointed cherub, the only anointed angel that I know of. Uh, and, and he lost all of that, thrown out of heaven, and not even by Jesus himself, right? Uh, uh, Michael threw him out of heaven, you know, the, the number two guy, right? Not the number one guy, right? He, he wasn't even worthy enough for the number one guy to throw him out. And Jesus like, I'm busy, I'm mowing the yard. You know, Michael, you go take care of that, right? And that's just the way the Lord God, he's not going to give the devil the honor of being thrown out by himself, right? He's not going to give him the honor of being thrown out by a king, He's going, not that David, I mean, uh, Michael, no disrespect to Michael at all, right? You know, hoping to get to heaven. He goes, what were you saying about me? Uh, No disrespect to Michael at all, but he wasn't Jesus, right? He wasn't God himself. So how mad has the devil been all these years? I mean, just, you ever seen people that that they try to get one over on you, and then they didn't get one over on you, and they lost everything, uh, and they're mad at you? (laughs) Why are you mad at me? It's your fault. You're the one who tried to come against me, and the Lord intervened, and, and you lost everything. Uh, and so the devil, so you think about all that heaped up anger for centuries, all being poured out on Jesus in, in, a, in one day. Uh, and, he, and, and they couldn't kill him, right? Because he said, I lay down my life on my own. They beat him. I mean, any other human being would have, would have expired long before the cross. Uh, and it, Jesus, because of the physical body that he had, right? It was uh, like, like uh, Adam's body. Couldn't kill it. it. It was not subject to death. Uh, and so, uh, and he, and that was one reason he had that back. We didn't cover that. That's pretty good right there. I didn't even think about all that. Uh, but we'll have to add that to the next time we, we do that message. Right. But, uh, but you couldn't kill him, uh, because he needed to stay alive long enough to receive enough stripes on his back to cover all sickness and disease. Amen. Uh, and so you and I couldn't have suffered that long and survived. Amen. We would have, we would have expired long before the end of that. And then he still made it to the cross. Amen. He said, I lay down my life. No man takes it from me. This commandment have I received from my father. Uh, And so I don't know how we got off on all that, but it's still pretty good, right? And so so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. And Father, we thank you for blessing us. Father, we thank you that uh, you are our healer. You've been our healer, Father, since you declared it as part of your covenant name. I am Jehovah Rapha. And Father, if you were Jehovah Rapha to your people, uh, a natural people uh, in the earth, uh, then you're Jehovah Rapha to your spiritual people of the earth today, Father. And that covenant has never come to an end. You're still Jehovah Rapha. And so we choose to believe in that, Father. We thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. First offering of uh, Healing the School for 2022, right? Um, and appreciate y'all's faithfulness and giving. Amen. The Lord is good. And, uh, um, you know, you, you really can't give. You think, you think about if, if, you, if you could give what you have to give doctors, right? If you give to the Lord <laughs> what you have to give doctors oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. to care for you, right? I mean, you know, uh, I, I had to get one stitch in a finger. One stitch. They charged me $2,000 for one stitch, you know. Uh, and and, um, and we're way cheaper than that, right? Uh, of course, we're, there's no charge for it. I know, but you, you know, you just think about, uh, you know, a lot of people outside the church. Oh, the church, you know, they're just old money hungry and all this stuff. It's like, when well, you going to comp- compete with the doctors, right? You go to a lawyer, right? Hey, how you doing? That'll be hundred dollars. I just said hi, well, it's hundred dollars, right? Uh, if you said hello, which is two syllables, that's two hundred dollars, right? It's hundred dollars a syllable, uh, and so. Uh, but praise God. We'll come ahead, Mr. Jared, and um, receive the offering. So we'll pick this up next week and continue on here with uh, um, the man with a withered hand. There, we had, we haven't made it to the man yet, but we're we're heading that direction. Amen. Uh, and um, I just uh, uh, I believe 2022 will be a good year. Amen. We'll see more heal, healings and miracles this year. Amen. Uh, and uh, we got to see some good ones last year. I expect to see some more good ones this year. Amen. Uh, and some greater ones. And so, all right, we'll be blessed, and we'll see you. Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, my sister-in-law, Kathy, yep. she had surgery on uh, Tuesday this past week. Okay. She had cancer. Yep. And uh, she said that the doctor um, thought that got it all. Well, good. Praise God. Well, that's all right. Well, we'll believe for a full, complete recovery then, too, right? Amen. All right, well, we'll see you next Sunday, then.